mug real quick welcome to the cine siblings draft the podcast where we attempt to craft our best top fives within film i'm ian i'm james and i'm confused and of course we have a guest here today a very special guest it is our nephew troy introduce yourself troy and plug your twitch channel so my name is Troy. Uh, on Twitch, I go by the Tin Man with a one replacing the I. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash the Tin Man with the one replacing the I. I am their sister's son. And Jamie, what are we drafting today? Today we are drafting our top five Walt Disney Animation Studios movies. That means that. Tangled would be in, but Brave is out. So um, Goof Troop would also be out. So all our classic favorites will be in because Walt Disney Animation Studios is the one that starts it all. Um, Pixar, however, they're a, a league of their own and they are not in this bout. Banned. No Goofy Banned. movie. Yeah, no Goofy movie. No extremely Goofy movie. Um, as good as they are. And we're doing this, of course, because we've raised this kid on these kind of movies, man. <laughs> anyway, of course, as always, let's talk about our relationship with these incredible family movies. Jamie, start us off. Well, I mean, who doesn't know Disney films? Who wasn't raised on Disney films? Disney's been going since the 30s with their animated classics, I think, starting with Snow White. So, I mean, there's really nothing that you can say to make people not identify some form or fashion with Disney. It's just simply iconic Americana. Um, and now it's worldwide. It's, I mean, it's been worldwide for a really long time. Disney is one of those things that made American pop culture appeal to a worldwide audience. So, I mean, our, our, all of our relationships with Disney, I mean, it kind of goes, kind of is taken for granted in a lot of ways. Yeah. Troy, what'd you think? Uh, I'm pretty sure that like everyone has watched Disney movies at some point or another. There's no if, and, or but about it. Like you will see it on airplanes. You will see it at daycares. If you have children, you're going to watch a Disney movie at some point. It's just permeated through the culture, absolutely. It affects everyone's lives. There's Disney movies that get turned into musicals or plays. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, it used to be Disney borrowed all from fairy tales. And, yeah. And now they're they're remaking and borrowing from the, all their own stuff. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Man. Have you guys seen the trailer for raya and the last dragon the, the new disney walt disney animation studios film coming out in march no i was actually no, thinking I, I hadn't seen anything from them Is yeah it? no it looks 
really awesome. It's a, I think it's J Japan from the way it looks, but I could be wrong. Uh, anyway, check out that trailer. And of course, as always, to go first, we're going to play the celebrity movie name game. And I've shuffled the deck, and we've got the man, Samuel L. Jackson. Right. So he's been a lot of stuff. He is in a lot, <laughs> a lot of movies. Of all right. right. Troy, you're our guest. Name your first Samuel L. Jackson movie. He is the homeless guy in Coming to America. Jamie? Snakes on a Plane. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Pulp Fiction. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Avengers. I forgot all this. Pulp, uh, no, Glass. Unbreakable. Troy. Iron Man. Mm. He's at the, he's at the end. Scene. He's in the okay, end. Okay, fine. Uh, Civil War, Captain America: Civil War. Um, come on, take, uh, take, Captain take. America: The Winter Soldier. All right, Black Snake Moan. Which choice turn? Oh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Black Snake Moan. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm out. Uh, Age of Ultron. Avengers: Age of Ultron. Infinity War. Endgame. He's not in. Oh, he is. He's yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's in uh, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I will bow out because I can't think of anything in a timely fashion. Woo! He's pro Oh, yeah. He was in Captain Marvel and a lot of other of those. But yeah, I just couldn't he's, think of he's them. He's in all the time. Time. <laughs> like, so many. You don't really need to name all the MCU movies. All right. All right, Troy. That means you get first pick here. And let's hear it. Round one. So my first pick, the number one overall pick, is Lion King. I'm going with The Lion King. It's my favorite movie possibly ever out of any movie. And uh, I just, the soundtrack is inc incredible. The story based on Hamlet? Hamlet and Moses. Okay. Yeah, I, I grew up, it. it was a Shakespearean-inspired, mm -hmm. that's what y'all taught me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I teach Hamlet, and I use the Lion King all the time. Like, and Claudius I love Scar. Scar as a villain. He's my favorite Disney villain. Uh, Be Prepared is my favorite song from the soundtrack. Be prepared! Oh, no, you don't got nothing on Jeremy Irons on that one. No, Jeremy and Irons is so the good. man, and their so remake good. is so... It's lacking and because he's not, he, he was so iconic, I think, as Scar. In the original Lion King, obviously, I don't want to talk about the remake. Apparently, it was bad. Uh, or just that the animation was weird, and it made it look like they were lifeless because it was supposed to be real-life lions. Yeah. And, and they couldn't portray emotions. But Scar, the voice actor for Scar, blew out his vocal cords during Be Prepared, when he says you won't get a it's, you won't get a sniff without me and he screams it and they had to get another voice actor for the rest of the film because he ruined his vocal cords for an extended period of time interesting yeah it's i think that it's a really neat 
fact about that song. It's my favorite song from the movie. The sequel is not as bad as some Disney sequels. Um, well, the sequel is actually a, based on Romeo and Juliet, so they kind of right. kept, they kept with the Shakespearean theme, which I, I kind of appreciate. Yeah, um, but, I was a fan of the sequel. Yeah, and one, one the, and a half, which was hilarious. Which is, I think, based on well, Tim and Pumbaa is, is um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern from Hamlet, and that mm. honestly, the whole thing. Um, as an English teacher, I love it because I can actually use it all the time because everybody has seen it. And so it's just like, okay, yeah, Claudius is Scar, so you guys know this. And Simba is Hamlet, except if Hamlet wasn't actually like cuckoo. So it, it's, it plays a lot on that sort of stuff. And, you know, you go back a little bit further and, and get some of that, that sort of stuff. But it's one of the things I love about The Lion King and that they do purposely in The Lion King is they talk about the archetypes, well, they don't talk about them, but they so purposely do all the archetypes, um, kind of like they do with, with uh, Pinocchio, which we may or may not draft. But um, it's so archetype heavy that it, it's a movie about lions, but it's not about lions at all. It talks to us as people and we just automatically kind of identify with the story. And it's not necessarily because it's Shakespeare, um, who, and, and really based on Hamlet, Hamlet is considered Shakespeare's crowning masterpiece. And, um, but it's not, it's, it just speaks to people on a level that's almost visceral. It's, it's perfect hero's journey. Um, and it's, and it maps, it's mapped out so very well um, that it just, it's an excellently told tale. And it's some of Disney's best animation um, in, in that golden revival or golden age of, of Disney. Yeah, I was about to say, this is the pinnacle of like this din- Disney Renaissance era between like this and Aladdin, right? Coming out um, in the early 90s. And then where we fall off dramatically when we get to the early 2000s. And then it wasn't until another movie came out as it returned to form, I believe. I could be wrong. But I don't know if it's... um, And now now it's all the new age 3D stuff. But Lion King is definitely probably the best of Disney from the 90s, for sure. Um, It's either that or Aladdin, right? Yeah. Well, according to you, not necessarily. You, but that's your draft. It's it's Lion King. Yeah, according to me, it's Lion. All right, I remember like almost crying seeing Simba touch Mufasa, and he's like, "Dad, mm-hmm. get up!" And yeah. I, it was the first experience I had where I put myself into the shoes of a character because I was like, okay. "What if that was my dad?" Mm-hmm. And I was trying to, you know, and he was dead. Yeah, and it's just really emotional. Yeah. This it, is the very first movie I saw in the theaters when yeah, I was a kid. I remember that. Uh, followed shortly by Braveheart, which... <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> the treatment of death between those two films. <laughs> right. But yeah. I still... You know, I'm a little torp, whatever. I still cry when... Uh, when Mufasa dies to this yeah, day. I, I, I like, I literally have to pull myself out of it to not, not feel the empathy. And, and children, and I Scar think are... saying long live the king is a goosebumps moment. It's one of the greatest villain moments 
ever in any movie yeah. of all time. And yeah. I'll argue that to my grave. No, I think, I think so. And I think that's why, here's another thing is, I think this is another reason why the remake did not do so well. And other than the fact that you're dealing with, you, you trying to make realistic animals have these emotions and it, and it doesn't work as well as you might hope. The Lion King is like iconic. It needs no remake. So many of these Disney movies are like that, but this one in particular needed no remake. It was, it was probably perfect on its own. And then uh, have you seen all the, the, things and the clips and snippets that uh show that disney basically ripped off kimba the white lion yeah that's, that's true but the thing is is they ripped off hamlet they ripped off kimba they you know for the for the visuals but the, but, but, but like the, the thing story is, is, is hamlet but the visuals are are kimba right and, and one of the things about kimba the white lion is um from what i understand they actually took um when in development one of the the Imagineers, I guess, is what you what Disney wants us to call them. Uh, is uh, he? He was inspired by all all this um, stuff out of Japan, and then it got shelved, and he left, and was either not with Disney anymore or working on another project. And then they basically picked it back, picked Lion King back up again, and had all this great stuff. And a lot of people didn't just didn't know where it came from. Um, and we're just like, oh, this is great stuff. And it was great stuff. And they improved upon it. Um, because Kim was like an early, what, 80s um, piece out of Japan. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's well done, but it just, it, it's lacking. I mean, in, in like, in the, this, the grandiosity, I guess, that, that, that Disney pulled off with The Lion King, but it's, I don't want to say it's lacking because it's it's a good a good piece on its own. But um, Disney made Lion King, and Lion King is iconic, and most people don't know or care about Kimba the White Lion. All right, so All Jamie, right. it's your turn. All right, I'm gonna gonna go with my personal favorite, and that is gonna be 1973's Robin Hood. Um, that is my number one. Like you got jacked. Yeah. Okay, so Robin Hood is just one of those films that I loved and would watch and watch again. Ian, I believe you have the um, our childhood VHS sitting in your office there. <laughs> so and it's it got, actually a thrift store VHS. Oh, someone else got it. I think we gave them to this one. Uh, I have um, the Robin Hood VHS. Okay. I have well, I a VHS tape as well. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, this this is good. It was. But one of the things about it, it's it's not so much music heavy, um, which was not one of the things that I always really liked. It had long in, intro credits and and the the music's good there. And the music is good there. Um, it's kind of conventional, um, and that's kind of what the critics said about it. But it's it's got a cleverness to it. It's telling a classic story. It's you know folk talesy, um, but it's not uh, too big for its britches in a, in a lot of ways. Like, and it, it plays on a lot of stuff, and it's actually one of the inspirations for um, Zootopia, um, which I was I was reading about. And if you look at the character design of Zootopia, you see that he does. Um, and it's like, oh wow, okay. How did I not yeah. see that? Yeah, well, and also like with the <laughs> classes of animals and things like that, 
you know, where you have the, the elephants as kind of these heraldic figures and the rhinoceroses as rhinoceri, rhinoceroses as guards and, and you know, these, these different things going on. And I, I just love the film and anything with sword fighting and, and medieval was something that immediately attracted me uh, as, a, as a kid. But this one has held, um, held my attention even growing into adulthood. And if it's on, or if somebody's like, let's watch a Disney movie, that's my number one choice to go to. And hopefully I'll get my number two as well. But that's basically what I got to say about that one. Ian? All right. Man, since this is my number one, I have a little bit to say, I guess. And it's just classic, right? Classic story. Robin Hood uh, is just one of those legends that, that deserves to be told over and over and over again because it is such a good character. And this it's just, if I watch it today, it's just nostalgia, like just a huge nostalgia fest. Like the songs, yeah, you're right. So good. And this is my Robin Hood. It's not, it's not Carrie Elwes in uh, Men in Tights, it's not Kevin Costner, it's not Russell Crowe, it's not Taron Edgerton. This little fox running around with his little foxy maid Marion is my Robin Hood. <laughs> and, you and know, I love the songs in this film. Like, top to bottom, there's not one I don't like. And apparently this was supposed to be a story about Reynard the fox. So that's why this is all animals, unlike probably all the other movies up into this film. There's not a single human in this movie. Mm-hmm. Not one. And yeah. they're not, and they're, they're like humanoid animals. So it's, it's not like, yeah, we call it anthropomorphic. Yeah. yeah anthropomorphic. So, yeah. uh, but I always found this kind of charming and all animal casts. There's uh, you hadn't probably up until this point, you probably hadn't seen anything like it, uh, in the seventies. So I think the closest thing you got was, was, um, the Jungle Mickey Book. and company. Well, well, Jungle yeah, Book. I mean, you've got, but there's humans got, in Jungle Book. Right. Well, there are, but the closest thing you got to it, and actually there was um, inspiration drawn from the Jungle Book with uh, Phil Harris playing both Baloo and Little John. Um, Absolutely. Right. Little John being based, like the, the bear character being based on Baloo. Um, but it's the same, it's the same actor. So. Oh, they got yeah. the same actor because they're like, oh, this is perfect. But one of the <laughs> things a lot of people, a lot of critics, I think, were saying at the time about Robin Hood was that this is really... Did the Disney animated feature film come back after um, the death of Walt Disney, which was, I think, in, I, I was looking it up, in 1966. So late, that's December 1966. Troy said, death of Walt Disney. Oh, He's on. frozen in carbon. His head is frozen in a... Okay, yeah, so well, this, well, this see, movie well, is... Was he on Futurama? Did you see him on Futurama? <laughs> No, because he's frozen in Cinderella's castle at Disney oh, st- World. Oh, still? Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, of course. All right. But yes, Robin Hood is my number one pick. So I remember as a kid watching this with you. I remember all the action happening and me being in awe of the film. And I remember the jewels on the king's teeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> after, he, after he kissed the hand. He took it's, the yeah, jewels off the rings. Little John, or I think, 
can't remember if it's Little John or Robin Hood that kisses the, the jewels right off. It's, yeah, yeah, it's Robin. It's I think it's Robin Hood when he's dressed up as the old lady. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And yeah, it's, the, oh. The fortune teller. Yeah, I mean, it's classic. I just remember from my childhood watching this it's a, with y'all. Yeah. And I loved it. It's on my list. I have it written as four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, all right. Ian, your number one pick that I jacked. What's your number two pick? Your number one. My true number one pick has to be Fantasia from 1940. It is an absolute masterpiece of awe and wonder. Like, just cinema magic not only captures the attention of the young ones, but adults too. There's so much to just feast your eyes upon in this animated wonderland. I remember the first time watching this. I'll share after you 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 finish. And I I could talk about all the little segments within this film, but uh, what's your favorite one? I mean, it's got to be the magician, like the what's it what's it called? The magician, uh, the, the, the sorcerer's apprentice. Sorcerer's, or, sorcerer's yeah, apprentice. Sorcerer's. I was just like, I literally was about to say the magician's nephew. That's, That's C.S. Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this is just a visual, a perfect visual representation of the absolute magic of music and how it makes you feel and what you think about as you listen to these, the symphony orchestra. And, uh, you just, even as a young kid, it makes you feel all type of ways. And I just, I cannot get over how beautiful this movie is in yeah. so many ways. And this movie is fantastic. And it's almost in the name with Fantasia. My favorite segment, I think, was probably the one with the dinosaurs. Um, oh. But yeah, uh-huh. I got you on that one. Wait, what's the, wait, wait time out. What's the one with like the, the, like the battle between the... Uh, or like the the demon thing the demon yeah yeah that thing was terrifying yeah i mean like it's it's one of those films i actually didn't know what i was getting into when i watched it and i remember all sitting down to watch it as a family and i think we rented it or just bought it and we were gonna watch it all together and so everybody sat down and we're watching it and i remember i, I don't know if you were like really or like i got this for a birthday Okay. Well, I don't remember if we had rented it first, Ian, because I was talking and I don't know that you were talking, but Mm -hmm. I kept asking, when are they going to start talking? (laughs) When is the film going to actually be talking? I took the first like opening. I was used to old Disney films where they do the credits first. And so you have a musical number and it was just like, they're not talking. Why aren't they talking? Oh, okay, something's happening. It's different. Why aren't they talking yet? I don't understand. Why is there no story? And I think that I, I, I have Fantasia up here because I watched it a lot. And once I kind of understood what it was, I can, could appreciate it. But as a kid, uh-uh, no, sir. Because there ain't no story. There ain't no plot. There ain't no characters. It's all just like all these little vignettes to music. And I did not get it as a kid. This is notoriously my least favorite VHS tape to see because of that. (laughs) See, I guess I was different because I remember sitting on the recliner, home alone, sick, whatever, and just watching this all the way through, just mesmerized Mm -hmm. by it. I think that has to do a lot with you being a musician and me being a literature guy. 
I mean, you're, you're musically inclined as well. I'm musically inclined, but I'm not as good as a, a musician as you are, or, or as a dedicated musician as you are. I'm kind of a dabbler. I have always been in band, dabble in things here and there, like, like to learn new instruments, but not learn them well. You know, that's this is one that I also need to watch again yeah. because of my colorblind glasses. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's why he's sunglasses. I probably didn't care about Fantasia because all the pretty colors didn't matter. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> right. And so there was nothing to enthrall me. No story. And now we no have pretty these. colors. Now we have, yeah, now we have these nice $500 glasses that let me <laughs> see red. And... Yeah. No, I didn't care about the story. I didn't care because the, there was none. I didn't care about the colors. I mean, arguably, some of the music does tell a story, but no, it's right, not. But it's I'm not too like young a, to comprehend. Yeah, it's not a, like it's, a narrative. It's not conventional, kid-wise, sort of thing. Right, it's not conventional for kids, and it wasn't pretty because I couldn't see pretty. So I mean, okay, fair enough. All right, I so, lost vibrance, color, sure, vibrant think, colors. Yeah, so we're going around two now, right? We are going to round two, and guess what, guys? It's a snake draft, so it's my pick again. Round two. And, guys. Dudes. Dudes. <laughs> dudes. Dudes. My number two pick. His number two pick is? The Princess and the Frog. Maybe it's just the familiarity of it all, or... You know, being from South Louisiana and having deep roots in the city of New Orleans, this movie completely captures the magic of that city itself. Not only the city, but also the nature that surrounds it, the swamplands, the voodoo mysticism. And it's just so good. The, the nature is on point. The art direction is on point. The food is on point. The references that only someone from South Louisiana would understand are on point when he goes we are from somewhere far away from here yeah. and he says oh no y'all from shreveport <laughs> i lost my damn mind because yes it's so good that shreveport far away from here north louisiana basically arkansas everything about this movie is <laughs> is so on point and finally finally african-americans blacks get representation in a Disney princess with Tiana. And I can't even fathom what this is like for little black girls growing up now. Just what they, how, how they can share this film with their little girls to grow up with. I just think, I love this movie all the way through. And this may be the most important Disney film of all time. And this being Disney's final entry really? into their classic animation style it is an incredible way for them to go out. Really? The most important Disney film of all time? Absolutely. I think Why? it is one of them. Why? Really? Yes. 100%. Okay. If Black Panther is one of the most important superhero movies of all time, if Wonder Woman is one of the most important superheroes of movies of all time, this movie giving African-Americans something to grow up with to to identify with to share in this with it's it's hugely important it has its cultural impact is huge absolutely troy uh 
I love this movie because of Dr. Facilier. Oh um, yeah, Keith David is the man. And he's not technically the real villain, is he? Because the real villain is his friends on the other side. Right. He's just kind of like this intermediary. And anytime the villain of a Disney film dies in kind of a gruesome way, I am a big fan. Uh, I watched this a lot as a kid. I remember watching it with my little sister Elise in a hotel room whenever we were traveling. That's the big memory. And I remember watching Dr. Facilier getting pulled into the portal thing. Yeah. And he's like scratching and clawing. And he's like, no, please. His, his little shadow figure is yeah, like... Yeah, shadow. Trying to, trying to cower away and yeah. get away. But it it's sucked just, in as well. It's a very great depiction. Again, not actually gruesome, but you know that bad things are going to happen. <laughs> like, once he goes through that portal, he's done for. Yeah. <laughs> the death of, of, of Ray, Raymond. Oh, the yes. the firefly is like, oh. but then you see his little he's a little With star. His Evangeline. His ev- little Evangeline. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's it gets you in the feels for it sure. Does. It does. Jamie, I take it you don't like this movie. I don't dislike the movie at all. Okay. I just don't. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not pulled in by local color. Um, I don't have a particular love of New Orleans. Being a South Louisianian, I'm a Baton Rouge boy. I don't care about New Orleans. Um, like traffic. That's such bull because you loved going to New Orleans as a kid. With, I liked I liked going to the French Quarter, to the nice parts of the French Quarter, but that's about it. I don't I don't really care. Um, I don't like so New that Orleans doesn't that anymore. doesn't that doesn't sell me. Um, after leaving a Saints game, and. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it is what it is. It is the swan song of classic animation. Um, so there's that, and it's not it's it's a well done film. I mean, I can't, but I mean, it came out in two thousand nine. I mean, that was the year I got married the first time, and like so, it kind of was not. It doesn't hit as a nostalgia point for me. It doesn't hit a point of a time where I was really paying attention to movies at all. I was kind of being thrust into adulthood. So, I mean, I don't have a lot to, to really say about the film. I wasn't right. really paying attention to film at the time. All right. Well, it is now back to Me? Jamie's second round pick. Yeah. All right. So where I'm going to go is I am going to hit, I'm going to, I'm going to actually transpose here and I'm going to go with 1998. So Let's get down to business. Uh, the mu- the music in this is wonderful, um, is. and I think I think it is a a really wonderful tale that deals with a lot of um, serious topics in a not totally lighthearted way. In, in for a Disney film, for a Disney animated film, um, whereas something like Robin Hood kind of really takes the ideas of tyranny and overbearing taxes and things like that. And kind of, and it's really not a huge thing, you know, abject poverty, but Mulan really kind of deals with um, themes of uh, tradition and gender roles and um, the, the meaning of honor and really um, kind of demonstrates what the real meaning of honor is. And, um, 
kind of challenges different um, different ideas, but also honors tradition as well. So it's it's one of those films that that what I like about it is that it questions things and but still plays within a, a framework that's believable. It's a, it's again one of the things that I think that Disney does well is when they work with classic tales and this uh, classic tale of uh, Fa Mulan. It just you you have a lot to work with there and I think they do a good job. Now you know I'm not a huge fan of the uh, the remake the live action remake um, although I think it was probably better done than some of them um, <clears throat> Aladdin and uh you know like seen it. I haven't seen that one I, I've I've watched them but like you know this one this one I watched all the way through I think twice um and you know it, it, it the, the remake was all right, but not great. But I think Mulan has a lot of serious things to say um, and it does it well. You know, one of the things that I always appreciate about film is comic relief and, um, but I don't like triviality. Um, so- Eddie Murphy? Yeah. Oh yeah, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy as Mushu is like, uh, I'll go back to the '90s, the bomb diggity, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, it's just, it's just so good. And I think I remember, I remember doing a, a couple times um, the the be a man uh, thing as karaoke because I love it. I love it, um, and it's it's good, and it's it's so funny because the whole thing is like, all right, be a man. Well, she's a woman. Um, <laughs> And, but you know, it, it's, it's very classic and you can argue that it's, it also gives uh, a, a nod to cultural diversity. Disney was pulling largely from uh, Western folklore and Hans Christian Andersen and, and things like that. So, you know, you could talk about, well, there's not a lot of cultural diversity. Well, I mean, that kind of reflects the norms of, of America at the time, what, what you would expect. And, and really they don't, they don't try to uh, recast a Western tale. Um, it, it's like how one of the reasons, you know, they don't try to recast a, a Western tale with Asian characters. They cast an Asian tale, a Chinese tale with Chinese characters. And, you know, of course it's got a Western feel and a vibe to it. Um, because I mean, it's still Disney, it's still a Western company. And, but I think that it's really, um, it, it follows a kind of traditional pattern. And I, I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, this movie is incredible. It holds up hundred percent. Eddie, like I said, Eddie Murphy as Mushu is one of the best comedic performances in all of these. He stands up there with Timon and Pumbaa for sure. And obviously, I think some of the greatest music numbers in all of Disney, like 100%. They did send him a daughter when he asked for sons. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of irony in that song. Oh, it's amazing. My sister and I will sit in the car and sing Be a Man on repeat whenever we go somewhere if her phone is charged it just it just needs to be charged and we're gonna do it until her phone dies 
Nice. And I watch now all of China knows you're here. Um, I watched Mulan so many times with Elise and it's just every time I watch it, I notice a new funny thing. I think this is another movie that juxtaposes the funny with the serious because they're still at war. Yeah. And at the end of be a man, it's that's when they see the doll and like the raised village, right? Mm-hmm. It's like burnt yeah. to a crisp, and they see that doll that's left over. Right. And that's another moment where you go from a be a man is kind of a sillier song to just that's not even that's not be a man that's not the be a man song. Is it not? It's someone worth fighting for. Oh, we're fighting much, for. It's much, right. It's, it's a much lighter tune than even Be a Man. Be a Man is all about the training. We're going to go to war. Right. It's the training you know, montage. It's the yeah. training right. montage. Yeah. The, I, you, know, you got your A-team thing going I'm, on there. No, no. But someone worth fighting for is the one where they're marching um, right. on to battle. Um, and, and, oh, and yeah. Mulan's trying to describe her ideal woman. Right. Um, <laughs> so the whole right. thing is funny because they're because they're talking about you know like they're all the men are talking about women worth fighting for, or yeah. what or or the comforts of home and things like that, and then they get to what they are fighting for yeah. the in the loss of it. Um, so yeah, it's it's it really it's well juxtaposed. It's it's beautifully done. I, I yeah, that's I mean Mulan is. Mulan was one of the ones that like we didn't own, um, but I always thought was so so good. Troy, it's your round two pick, sir. So I'm surprised. I guess I shouldn't be. Um, I'm gonna go with Aladdin as my uh, round yeah. two pick. All right, you're jacking me, Aladdin. Yeah. So Aladdin. Robin Williams is one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, if Lion King is not my favorite movie, Goodwill Hunting is my favorite movie. So I love Robin Williams. His role as the genie and the salesman at the beginning of uh, Aladdin <laughs> is, he's great. I love all the music. Jafar is a good villain. Um, there are... M- multiple times where Jafar does things that you immediately are appalled where he, you know, he's trying to trick Aladdin when he disguises himself as the old man in the prison, when he throws Aladdin into the water uh, tied to the stone. And then Genie's like, you do something. I have to, you have to wish for something for me to save you. Uh, And also, when he's mind controlling, what is the term for him? The Sultan? Jasmine's dad. The but Sultan. The Sultan. I was like, not emperor, not king. Um, and there's multiple times where Jafar is just such a dastardly bad guy that you just want him to lose. You want him to lose. And the way he loses, where he becomes a genie, and it's like, read the fine print, essentially. Mm-hmm. Here's your little lamp have fun. Right. It's so fitting for someone who searched for so much power for him to be constrained by his own power. Fair enough. Like it's a downfall of his wish. 
It's yeah. like a play on how genies stereotypically would grant wishes, but you would wish to jump high and you would become a frog. Mm. It's a play on how genies... Right, be very specific about your wishing. Yeah, be very specific about the wishes. And we're tricksters. Right. The jinns. The jinns. Yeah, I mean, Aladdin's one of the last... Actually, it is the last fairy tale movie uh, Disney Animation Studios did until Tangled. Um, uh, is Princess and the Frog not fairy tale? Isn't it a very self-aware retelling of the Frog Prince? Um, maybe, maybe. Um, but it's either, definitely either either way, it comes out. It comes out the year before Tangled. It's two thousand nine versus Tangled two thousand ten. So um, you can argue that, but I can't. I mean, really, it's such a. a a shift in the frog prince that maybe not, but I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not as familiar with um, the origins of the frog prince either. So, mm-hmm. but, but you can argue it, but it's also got elements of Othello, uh, Shakespeare's Othello in it as well. Aladdin does um, even so much so as having, uh, you know, Iago being named <laughs> Iago in the film, uh, which, Iago. so like you kind of see like two years later, they, they like just, totally go okay well we're just gonna go Shakespeare with this um with the Lion King so um it's got that Aladdin was on my it was on my list um and so kind of you're you're forcing me to another path I think but um yeah a beautiful film uh I think it starts using some computer animation um mm-hmm. with with that so it, it was so. it was um, yeah the, had the spectacle thing. yeah with the cave and the, and the flying carpet um so, I mean, 1992, that was, that was some spectacle uh, and some animation that you had not quite seen before, um, before that. So, Ian, what about you? Dude. You watched this ad nauseum. This was- Oh, so <laughs> much. My birthday was Aladdin. I had Genie's lamp soap. I had- I remember that. A Genie that was so- squishy and stuffable that he stuffed himself into the lamp it was like a stuffed animal and you could rip him out and then he would puff up into a big genie i had the little genie little lamp i had everything aladdin and we didn't talk about this but the video game for super nintendo and the video game for super nintendo for lion king were are both incredibly hard Oh yeah, they're and so hard, and well, they're fun, but they're, they're just they're platformers. platformers. So they're they're obviously fun, but play them on your Twitch channel, Troy. Do it. I do it now. You know what? I could. I have a Wednesday slot every week where I play a random <laughs> thing. I'll. I used to play Battle Toads to try and beat it. Good luck. It's hard. I yeah. didn't beat it. No, no way. But <laughs> dude, and back to Aladdin. Yeah, this film is gorgeous, and like you said, Robin Williams is one of the best com- comedic performers of all time, and yeah. he knocks us out of the park. And and that was another reason why I think the remake the remake is not worth watching, I, I, unless you just want to. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It's just it's Aladdin is another thing like The Lion King. It was a masterpiece, and you're not going to top it with anything live action. You're just not. And as good as Will Smith is, yeah, poor Will he, Smith. He, do, he doesn't. He can fall flat on occasion, and this is an occasion where 
he's got to go up against the memory of Robin Williams. And, uh, you know, Will Smith is a great actor in his own right, but Robin Williams is, he's got the, he's gotten better comedic chops than Will Smith does. And that's not an insult to Will Smith. That's not at all. The fact that they, they hilarious. well, yeah, no, I mean, and, and (laughs) it, I, I love Will Smith as an actor. That's not even, but the, to say that he's got the comedic chops of Robin Williams, he's, he plays it. He plays the genie differently, but we don't want to see the genie different. That's, I mean, that's Robin all it Williams. is. Yeah. And, and, and hologram of Robin Williams as the genie. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it, it has, and also with Robin Williams tragic, you know, suicide you you have there's a there's a sense of of loss and longing for him and and some sorrow that you're just not gonna you're not gonna get filled and and i think you know disney's some of some of these attempts appear to be half-hearted uh to remake these films and this and that's is one of them because you topping aladdin good luck just good luck it's like the lion, trying to do it with the Lion King, you know. And I know they're going to be they're they're wanting to redo Robin Hood, you know. And I'm like, okay, are you going to do that? You know, blending yeah. live action with animals. It's like you 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 really don't. please don't. <laughs> I mean, if they did the Zootopia animation, would you be okay with it? That's not the same thing. That's not what they're trying to do. They're trying, they're trying to, to do live action? Yeah, it's like a blend live action CGI sort of thing. And it's like, these are anthropomorphic animals. I don't think Robin Hood needs to be redone. Just go do something fun. Zootopia was excellent. It's on my list. I don't know if I'm going to draft it or not. It might get an honorable wanted, mention. But it's, they it's an excellent They want to do a live film. action Robin Hood with animal anthropomorphic animals? Yes. Right. Furries everywhere. Getting <laughs> their panties in a bunch. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's keep let's move on. Move on. Um, who's All right. Is it my turn? It's mine. Me? It's mine again. Yeah. Top it's of round the round. three. Okay, top, of the round. top of the third round. Round three. Troy, what's your number three pick? Oh. Don't do it. You ain't gotta tell him. Don't tell him. Uh. I'm gonna go with Tarzan. I love Tarzan. My, my mom used to sing You'll Be In My Heart to me when I was a kid. You'll be in my heart. Phil Collins. Phil Collins, <laughs> Phil Collins gives me such nostalgia for this movie. No matter what song it is, I hear his voice. I'm like, I need to go watch Tarzan now. Um, this is another film where the villain dies in a gruesome way, but not really but does. Uh, The soundtrack is incredible. I watched this film a bunch when I was little. And I also watched this more as I got older because I was showing kids at my church Tarzan. Mm. Because the older kids were singing You'll Be In My Heart and the younger kids didn't know what it was from. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, hold on. Let me teach you something real quick. Let me break it down. <laughs> yeah. You're going to learn today. You know, I've never seen this movie all the way through. 
I think I have, but like it was one of those things that didn't stick with me the same way. Like so do you know how the villain dies? I yes, you told me. Just well, I told you. Started. <laughs> Go ahead. So tell us. The all. villain dies. I can never remember the name of the villain. He's not a super memorable villain. He's not. He's an explorer. That's that's his thing. He's a European explorer. All right, get to why he dies. He's fighting Tarzan in the jungle. He's tangled in a bunch of vines, and he's chopping at the vines with a machete, and he accidentally hangs himself. Because the vines get wrapped around his neck, and the ones that are holding him up, he cuts, and it just makes like this twang noise, and they don't show. Disney can get pretty dark. Disney can get pretty dark. Okay. If we go to Pixar, Disney, Disney Disney is not that dark compared to what their source material is, guys. That's true. Uh, yeah, Little Mermaid, like, much. Cinderella's step siblings cutting off their toes. Little Mermaid sawing herself in half, right, to give herself legs. To give is herself that how legs. she dies? I'm pretty sure. I thought she's just anyway. Trials. Okay. I can't. I mean, like we we're not we. That's the thing about Disney, guys, is it becomes more ubiquitous than its source material. Like it's yeah, it, grim it, fairy it's tales like, are terrifying. Well, uh, no, that's Hans Christian Andersen for oh, is it uh, Little Mermaid? I believe, yeah. Uh, Cinderella's uh, brother's grim. Yeah, Cinderella. Is I think Ashen Puddle, Ashen Puddle. It's grim. Okay. Or because it's Cinderella, it's Ash feet. Anyway, all right, it's, it's definitely grim. All right, yeah. well, Tarzan. I mean, it's a classic, but I, I, I'll, I watched so much like promo material for Tarzan right after Mulan. Like, I kind of went like on Disney Channel stuff. So, like, I remember watching all that like "You'll Be in My Heart" Phil Collins stuff, um, which, like, I don't know, maybe it was the it was. What's that? 1999 was. Uh, Tarzan. I think it's an 898. No, it's 99. I'm looking at it now. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, Mulan's 98. That's why it it, mm. it both were June, so they're like one year apart. I don't know. It was just one of those things of I. Mulan spoke to me, and Tarzan didn't. You know, go figure. Spoke to my mom. That's why I love it. Yeah. I don't know why. I just never really sat down to watch this. I guess I was too busy. Phantom Menace. The watching Phantom Menace trailers. (laughs) That's what happened, I think, is we got Star Wars-ified. I mean, we already loved Star Wars, but Phantom Menace had created a different one. So I think that's that might be one reason why we pulled off. Yeah. And it's not got a nostalgia factor for us. Maybe so. I don't know. All right. Jamie. Rationalization. All right. I'm going to take for my round three pick, Sword in the Stone. So, Sword in the Stone, 1963, that is a retelling of T.H. White's um, novel of the same name. It's the the origin story of King Arthur, um, which I love. Um, T.H. White later kind of combined his four novels or four novellas um, into one uh, work or tetralogy the once and future king um and so this is like the first part of that i love the film so very much um 
in a lot of ways, it could probably be my number one. My, my one, two, and three here are almost interchangeable for me as far as rewatchability. Um, the, the Sword in the Stone, I mean, it's got good music, but again, not too much. It's, it's, um, it's clever. You don't really know what's going to happen. Um, the, the villain is actually not very central to the story. Um, and, and that's actually one thing I like about it. It's got a lot of internal conflict and, and little and small external conflicts that are kind of relatable in a lot of ways. And um, one of the things I actually like about it is um, the, the concentration on, not on overt feats of heroism, but on good old book learning, the central focus on um, improving your mind, on academics, on doing things to always get better and learn about the world around you, learn about um, everything that there is to know just for the sake of knowing it because you don't know when you're going to need it. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's easy to, to forget that in, in a medieval setting that you need more than just brawn. And I think that is one of the things of, you know, it kind of talks about, well, you're going to be somebody. If you're going to be somebody, you need to know stuff. And I think we, we can see, for instance, in, in some of our politicians, like, hey, you know, this can be a bad thing if you're not well, well learned, well read. Um, and so that is, uh, and, and it doesn't really matter what political side you take, you can, you can look and go, yeah, I really wish you were smarter than you are. <laughs> Um, so, you know, that's not, it doesn't have to be a political statement. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Sword in the Stone is my number three pick and it is number one in our hearts. Well, this was my number four pick. Well, it was actually my number five, but you took Robin Hood. So jacked. It's just a classic retelling of King Arthur and Excalibur. Uh, Merlin. Nope, not, not Excalibur. Excalibur. It, Excalibur comes from the Lady of the Lake. My bad. Sword and Stone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> not Excalibur. Got it. All right. Nope. But Merlin is Merlin in this movie. And uh, just it's just fun, right? This movie's fun all the way through. It does play on the fact that, like, uh, the, the kind of idea that Merlin is going backward in time. So he's got all these anachronistic things. Um, oh yeah you know it's like blow me to bermuda and he goes to bermuda and he comes back <laughs> there in like you know shorts and and uh, a ball cap and, and stuff like that and you're like yeah. huh and it's just kind of it's played for laughs it's really well done on that in that regard the duel between merlin and madam mim is one of the greatest magician duels ever uh filmed so to speak animated whatever it's so good it's a, this movie is just so fun. I love it all the way. Harry through. and Voldemort eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah, Harry and Voldemort. Nope, I'm taking Madame M versus Merlin. Sauron versus Gandalf. Gandalf breakdancing in the in uh, <laughs> Orthanc. Right, do we got it? Do we have another like mini draft going on here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Madame M versus Merlin, please. <laughs> 
Let me get that. I, I, I love that. But the other thing that I really like about this is when they, they just turn into the, the turning into animals. The fish one in particular is the one that sticks with me. The one uh, that but, sticks with me is the when they turn into squirrels. I yes. Know. That's, that's, that's the one that sticks with me that I, I was going to bring it up. It's like the y'all, one of y'all gave me this on DVD, like a remake of it so that I could watch it in the Durango. Uh, one of y'all gave it to me. Probably me. And I remember watching the scene with the squirrels and then there's the girl squirrel. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is going on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, huh? Girls have cooties. Supposedly this one's going to get a remake too. And it might actually work. It could work. I, I see this one as being yes. more workable because it's based on like T.H. White and actually having, you know, like live action characters. And it's, it is a bit in 1963, a bit removed. It's not as say iconic in, in the cultural psyche as say Lion King. Um, or Aladdin, which would be more comparable, but no, I mean, I can, I can see it, but, um, it I remember have live action character potential yeah, as opposed I, to I, Robin Hood. I remember reading T.H. White's Once a Future King and <laughs> after I got past the Lord in the Stone, I didn't like it as much. Um, and T.H. White has some, some kind of wrong ideas about the middle ages, but, um, uh, and so this kind of perpetuates some of it, but it's it's still so good, so classic, and I just love it. Rad. All right. Well, now my list is dwindling, <laughs> but I still got my number three pick in the chamber, ready to go, and it is a sequel. Uh oh. And it is not Return to the Jafar. Good. <laughs> it is the rescuers down under. You jacked me. Yes. Oh, I got him back. Jacked. It's a it's sequel so that good. is better. It's the a Disney original. sequel that is actually better than the original, which is super rare for Disney movies. Uh, especially as we enter into the late 90s, early 2000s, where Disney just comes this crock of sequels that were ham-fisted and gra- terrible. Direct-to-video. Yeah, direct-to-video. And people say that 80s were the dark times uh, uh, with things like the Black Cauldron and such. But the early 2000s were rough. Yeah, but this and this this is This came out, I believe, in 1990. Yep. So right after this is, um, this is the Little beginning. Mermaid. This is, yeah, Little Mermaid and this are the beginnings of the Disney Renaissance. This is and rising action. This is, I think, in my opinion, still the greatest Disney sequel of all time. Uh, no argument here. There's not much competition. Not much competition. Frozen Two, you can you can throw that in the in the mix. I think. Never seen it. Uh, but this no, is absolutely the best sequel. I think, in my opinion, obviously, it's on my list before the regular Rescuers. It proves it improves upon all the characters. Mm-hmm. Adds more human element, higher stakes adventure with some extremely nail-biting uh, edge-of-your-seat sequences. And also, John Candy oh, I was gonna as see Wilbur that. the Albatross. John Candy. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Jamie, I know you're a John Candy fanboy. So I love me some John Candy. I mean, part of the, the thing is John Candy reminds me of our stepdad. <laughs> so it's like, he's just like always so lovable, like in the best mood 
or Stetson. <laughs> I was gonna say, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. When he's in like his best mood, that, that's kind of like the the. the after an LSU victory. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, the Rescuers Down Under, it, it's actually one I've been uh, revisiting lately because I have it on DVD or Blu-ray. I can't remember which or both. Anyway, I've been throwing it in the Blu-ray player for our daughter, who's two years old, and she's just eating it up. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Loves it. Um, and she's into all like she's getting into the frozen stuff and the brave and and everything and she's she is absolutely perfectly content watching um the rescuers down under and honestly like i'm re-watching it i'm kind of going like yeah yeah this is good the poachers uh, huh the poacher uh, yeah I, man and it it's good and, and it, honestly it's like our first foray into australia i mean you know you're talking about like the the redheaded stepchildren of western culture but hey they they are um <laughs> and like it's it's some some representation there too in in some you know not not a way that we're, we're normally thinking about but um yeah, I mean it's it's just really it's well done, and it is better done than the original Rescuers, um, but it, it plays on the same themes too. Um, so I, I love it, and it's it's one of those. I think this movie is another reason why um, I was so into animals as a kid. Like you have such a variety of animals, but you also were talking about issues of conservation and uh, poaching, and so it, it brings certain um critical you know I, I don't know what what you would what you need to refer to it as you know important issues relevant uh, yeah yeah important and relevant issues uh to to light for children in a way that children can somewhat understand and their parents watching it can also see and and it's always relevant well, right. It, Conservation it does. Animals. Yeah, it it, it, it remains well. relevant. Right. It it does choose a it chooses a theme that makes it continually relevant, which tends to be the case when you're playing on fairy tales, which play on kind of central human themes. But this one plays on a little bit. Uh, it it's it's more of a it's an original story as far as I'm aware, and so it actually is one that's. I don't know that it gets all the credit it deserves, but it it needs to get more. My mom loves this movie because it's so good. It's <laughs> and she probably watched it with us growing up. So right, she's watched it with me. I need to watch it more because I watched it a lot when I was little, and I don't remember much. We'll watch it tonight. That's fine. Um, but I know oh. that my mom every time that she talks about Disney movies, she talks about the Rescuers Down Under, and she just loves it no matter what she'll go on about it hell yeah anyway guess what guys let's head into round four your pick again where well, it's my pick again round four and my round four pick is a tale as old as time Really? Beauty and the Beast. Dude, yes. Th I, I loved, I watched this thing on repeat. 
I mean, I took the VHS in. <laughs> I popped the VHS in, hit rewind, and watched it again. Back to back. I was obsessed with this movie. I don't really know why. I mean, obviously. The music, was, the music is absolutely spot on. Almost unparalleled. Be our guest. Be our guest. It's just so, there's so many good songs. And what year I is this think one? it is 90, let me check. I think it's 93, but I could be wrong. 91. 92 is Aladdin. 91. 91. So November. I remember getting this film for my birthday and just ran this thing ragged in the VCR and mm-hmm. just all the characters are so good. Like they're all just very relatable, even though they're household items. And we know that later on, they are not household items <laughs> and they are transformed back into humans. But, and this one, the remake is as bad and you got to love Emma Watson. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> you can't argue with that. Uh, okay. Got it. <laughs> it's like uh, the only human on screen for most of the time. Actually, I listened to this movie uh, to the remake more than I actually watched it because, like, uh, we had it on like a little portable DVD player while we were driving a long distance, and so it was kind of like, okay, kids, fall asleep to, the, to listening to this, and mom's gonna watch the film, and I'm gonna like go, uh, okay. All right, what year did the live action come out? 2015. He says unsure of himself. It doesn't. Right. I feel like I remember the girls in my church freaking out about this film because they wanted to see the live 2017. action. 2017. 17. Oh, okay. And Gaston as a villain here. Oh, he's a great villain. He's a great villain. Yeah, and he's not even like. But I, I like that he's. He's the villain, but he's not like the. He's not he's as he's not the evil mastermind. He's just a right. bad dude. But no one's slick as Gaston. <laughs> or as no one's as quick Gaston. as Gaston. <laughs> I don't and nobody's neck is incredibly thick as Gaston. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some of these some of these Disney lyrics are so like. You really went there. Well, yeah. Gaston Especially like, Little Mermaid. Gaston looks like, um, oh, what is his name? I'm blanking on his name. A wrestler. Superman. Well, who's the Superman actor? Oh, Henry Her, Cavill? Henry Cavill. He does. He does look like <laughs> Henry Cavill. That's actually kind of funny. Um, yeah, he no. got a thick neck, too. He do. Beauty and the Beast was, picture it, of it didn't make my short list, but I absolutely considered it. I, it was one of the ones that I definitely have an attachment to because, again, you... It was one of the ones you ran ragged through the VHS um, <laughs> or the VCR. That's that's you the VHS the player. Through the, the, VHS, VCR. the VCR, the VHS tape. Word. It's just been so long since I've had to use those things. I mean, it's, I got one right over there. I have I one know. at my house with the DVD player, and oh, the, the uh, and the Betamax. Okay, yeah, I guess okay. I I loaned you, I gave you that one, right? What the double player? The H- no, mom did. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But no, yeah, Beauty and the Beast is definitely an excellent, excellent film. And it was certainly um, part of that Disney renaissance. It's on the rise. It's right after Rescuers Down Under. 
Um, yeah, so can't complain. As a big, scary, hairy dude, I love Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> um, next round <laughs> that's the end of the this has some iconic this, def, this movie definitely has some iconic imagery as the the rose the rose yeah and uh, they really knock it out of the park with this film so alright so now I are we are we moving on to my pick your round four pick buddy alright so I'm going to move on out of the Disney Renaissance, out of my nostalgia factor from the old school animation. And I am gonna run new school because I'm I, I, that dad life and I gotta watch this stuff, the new stuff. So you know what? We go in 2016's Moana because it is a better film than Frozen, and I would much rather watch Moana ad infinitum than another day watching Frozen or Frozen 2. And unfortunately, Frozen and Frozen 2 got the replays on my daughter right now, but Moana is better. It's got better music. It's got, um, why is everybody leaving? Neither of us have seen it. You've never seen Moana? But I know of a song. Never seen it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I love go... The Rock. So <laughs> maybe we need to watch this tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah Emily, go... I, 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 there were some that I wanted to rewatch and watch, and Moana was on my list to watch, Dude. but I just didn't. Okay. Just couldn't pull the trigger. I've seen parts of it, of course. Yeah, I've seen parts of it, but never the full movie. Have you seen Have you seen Frozen? No. Yes. Okay. Both of them. So. Neither. What? Go ahead and, and, and Ian, you've seen Frozen. So there's something missing in that film. Frozen? I, yeah, there's something missing about the, the mm. film. There, there's, I know it's, it's based on, I think, Hans Christian Andersen, the, the Snow Queen. But well, Moana, Moana has something, I think it's playing on archetypes a little bit differently, um, or traditional tales um, from Polynesia. I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, I'm not, I am kind of a, a, a fan of the, the Joseph Campbell monomyth idea, but you've got a lot going on in Moana and it's, it's really a good story that kind of talks about, um, you know, loyalty and event, but it's got adventure and it's got a kind of a, a heroine's journey in this, in this sort of case, um, um, which, you know, is comparable to the hero's journey in some ways, but maybe a little less archetypal, but it's also got this idea of, of um, kind of taming your these uh, like the the Maui character, which is is Dwayne the Rock Johnson's uh, character in the film. So it's it's got a lot of really good stuff going on in the film, and um, I, I my my son was this was a movie he watched on repeat, and I know that like we talk about. A lot of times, like little girls identifying with with female characters or little boys identifying with with uh, male characters, but really, I mean, to an extent that's that's true, but there never seemed to be an issue with my son identifying with the the female heroine and the the male sidekick, even though he's immensely more powerful 
Howie, you know, because he's, you know, a demigod or whatever. But like, yeah. it's one of those things that I think is, is kind of interesting. And, and this is one of those things of it's, it's nice to get a little bit of a different take on, on a, a story that's got classic and traditional elements. We don't have a lot of um, cultural awareness of Polynesian uh, culture and stories and tales. And um, so it's, it's nice to see some of that, but also it's really nice to, um, and, and maybe part of it has to do with, with the Disney treatment of it, but it also is kind of interesting to see um, where our uh, cultural, our, our cultural awareness has commonalities, or our culture has commonalities uh, with with a culture that we're not really immersed in or based on. So I think I think it's actually really interesting in that regard. So, um, and that's one of the ways I think that we um, find more acceptance in. Uh, with, with other cultures and, and kind of in, in ones that even aren't related is to where we see, um, see this and go, okay, this is, this is a story that I can relate to, but it's not one that is familiar to me in like folklore, like Robin Hood. You know, we have a million different tales of Robin Hood and it's been retold so often because the United States say is an English, you know, English descended society, um, you know, mainly based around language, but also culture. So like, you know, everybody kind of knows the idea of Robin Hood. Not so many know these characters from uh, Polynesian mythology. Yeah. And I just want to, but it's not familiar to us, but I'm sure the, people in Hawaii and uh, Samoa. Yes, the surrounding islands know these legends and they, these places look familiar to them. When Disney dives in and does something, they go all in. And they only, cause the only thing I have any sort of cultural connection to Disney wise is the princess and the frog and they nail it. They nail the spirit, the everything to do with that city and the, that those people, they absolutely knock it out of the park. And I can almost guarantee they do this, you know, this area justice as well. And we see Hawaii done in Lilo and Stitch, which is also a great movie. Uh, so this isn't the first foray into Hawaii, but it is the first foray into that, that mythology. Sure. And like I said, uh, the music's on point. Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the music for this. Oh, I didn't realize that. He is a musical genius. If you haven't seen Hamilton, it is also on Disney plus along with the rest of these movies we're talking about. So just, just to know that he did these and, uh, these songs that I could probably sing to you. And I've never seen the movie because it's on in the background. I've got, 800 nieces and nephews. I don't have any kids myself, but I, I am familiar with the cultural phenomenon that is Moana. So when I played football, I played with a very large Samoan dude and our offensive line coach's granddaughter would walk up to him and call him Maui. (laughs) That's my only connection to this film is 
we started calling uh, Alan Maui, and we had a trick play for him that nice. was called Maui. That was the only connection I have, but he, yeah. he seemed to think that it was pretty accurate whenever yeah. I asked him about the film. It, one of the, the things about, about the film, like, it got, it got kind of overshadowed by, um, by Frozen. And you know, twenty fourteen. Uh huh. I don't. I mean, maybe, but they're both could call it. Frozen was twenty thirteen. Actually, there was something around it was about it. That, okay, so there was something about it, like, and there was something you know with kids and, and wearing Moana Halloween costumes, and the reason it, it came around because it, it uh, Moana premiered in November, so it was a full year around till. October came back mm. around and so like it was this big hullabaloo with little white girls who wanted to dress up as as Moana and like people you know got their their you know Twitter knickers army out and yeah knickers in a twist there you go and and it's like why you know it's it's it it's so it's ridiculous to me sometimes as to think it's that they're children and they they're not it's not cultural appropriation you can argue whether or not disney should have done what they did um but i think the argument is better to to make that hey you know what now there's some cultural awareness of another culture and that's actually a good thing and it creates yeah, and it's like an acceptance of the culture Yes, and, and we're all people, so yeah, we just... all have our stories and we all have our predilections. And guess what? The idea that somebody can find a, a hero or a heroine in from another culture that's good. Quit being a pill. That's all I got to <laughs> say. All right, oh, and you, 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 you asked me, or you were saying that Frozen feels like it's missing something. Yes, they changed something in the middle of the movie. Well, it does have some things that feel out of place, like the little trolls or something, but it's color. A lot of Frozen is just white. That it's doesn't bother snow me. And Frozen, but in Moana has tons of color, except talking to the colorblind kid over here. No, but Moana is colorful and vibrant, and Frozen is not that I, at all. I don't, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's aesthetics. I think... I find Frozen to be absolutely beautiful aesthetically, um, but Frozen in development changed drastically. I know I that there's. I think there's a there's plot and characterization problems because Elsa was supposed to be a villain. I don't know. I think how the 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 story goes, but I mean, she or sort the, of the is. source material. Yeah, but, the source material after one of the songs people were complaining that it didn't feel right and that's because late in development they changed the plan hmm. i remember reading that around the time that it came out all right but watch moana it's got it's more complete i feel like it's a better story all right that was my fourth so let's move it on to troy's fourth so I'm going to go with Fox and the Hound. Mother Scruffer! So, I had this on VHS as a kid. I remember... Mark another one off. What'd you say? I said, I'll mark another one off. Jacked. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I watched it with my sister whenever we shared a room. And a boy, lot. did you cry. 
I, yeah, <laughs> this, this film is emotional. Uh, it's older. It's, is it six, it's fifties or sixty? Sixties. Sixties, uh, I believe. I'll, I'll look it up for you. This is the first one on my list that isn't from like that Renaissance era. Oh, it's actually, it's actually era. 1981. Really? Yeah. Mm. The animation looks older. Yeah. 80s, the 80s Disney movies, they kind of tried to match the animation from the, you know, 50s and 60s. But and go ahead. the tale of like friends who then have to fill roles where it's it's really upsetting to see people who are well, they're not people, but they're animals. Um, this relationship that gets torn apart by the roles that they're supposed to fill. And I just remember watching this film and being really upset because they couldn't play anymore. And the hound had to hunt him down. Yeah. And it was... All right. I'm going to read a review on Letterboxd from Susie Fahrenheit Tepesh. It says, Todd, I'm a fox. (laughs) Copper. I'm a hound dog. Me? I'm a mess. <laughs> it just completely sums up how I feel when I watch this movie. I avoid this movie because I know I will be a mess afterward. But it is so such a worthy film. And if it wasn't going to be drafted, I, I do have final pick. I was going to take it as my final Uh or as a bench warmer, if it ended up that way, if I got my top five, which I clearly didn't since they're just getting stolen left and right here. But yeah. this, you try to, you try to argue, you know, talk yourself into maybe because, you know, maybe the, the guy missed, maybe he got away, you know, he doesn't. And it is, a story about companionship and a story of ultimately about loss. And it is vital that kids learn about this early so they can deal with uh, important losses in their life. And I don't know. I still cry like a baby. I I mean, (laughs) you should, I mean, and this is up there with Bambi in one of the most heart wrenching death scenes in all of Disney. Yeah, and maybe all a film. So I mean, this stays with you forever when you see it. So yeah, uh, uh, Fox and the Hound, um, and I remember having the book as uh, it was. And the book was t- titled uh, Todd and Copper, uh, and I didn't, never really understood why the book was titled differently. But so like this story, whether I was watching the film or reading reading the book, it's it was always there for me. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of like their first foray into a Romeo and Juliet sort of thing, but in a platonic fashion, um, where it's not a romantic love, it's, it's a companionship, a friendship um, that's forbidden by their very natures. And, you know, it's like the, the hound dog can't be friends with the fox and the fox can't be friends with the hound dog. And it's, it leads to ultimate tragedy in, in that regard. So, and I think, I think, really it, it has this this Romeo and Juliet thing going on 
um, before uh, the Lion King part deux. And so, you know, I, I, I see there's a, there's a connection there and, and it's certainly, um, I think it's well done. And I think, you know, I think Disney in the eighties gets a bad rap. I don't think it's as bad. I don't think it's up to the standards of, of what they could have been um, showing, you know, through the Renaissance, but I, I really think Fox and the Hound is, is really, it, it's quite good um, for, for so many reasons. So, yeah. All right. You got anything else, Troy? Uh, I don't think it's the first Romeo and Juliet. Uh, yeah, Maybe. Lady and Tramp. Which is a perfect segue. Okay. Lady and the Tramp. No, not mine. Not yours? Okay. <laughs> no. um, I, I saw the remake uh, recently. They do have a live action remake of the Lady and the Tramp, guys. But no, that is live isn't... action. Live, oh, is it live action? I mean, the people in it are real, but you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I mean, I, I'm actually torn here because. I want to go with one of my childhood favorites and nostalgia, but actually I'm thinking I'm going to go with new school and pick one um, that I was introduced to by my son. Um, and that's going to be big hero six. <laughs> Dog it. <laughs> Did I I'm getting it? destroyed on this draft. <laughs> Good. Write that one off. Jack. Wait a minute. We skipped me. What? That was, that was the end of round four. Round five. Oh, Wait, it was the mercy. perfect segue. Oh, because my number five is Lady and the Tramp. All right. <laughs> we could have stolen Big Hero Six, dude. Nah, I have never Re seen it. Rewind. All right, Lady and the Tramp. My bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. why it was the perfect segue, because I knew that I was next. And I All was right, like, sorry. you didn't say anything, you just let him run with it? Well, no, I was like, wait, did I mess up? <laughs> All right, go with it. So, Lady and the Tramp is the first Romeo and Juliet score story for Disney. It's, that one's, oh, I don't know the year. I'm not good with years. I'm pretty sure it's the 50s. I should have down. I should have wrote it down. <laughs> Both to write it down. It's not 50s. Oh, yeah, it is. 55. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, 26 years before Fox and the Hound. Um, so, He's Lady in the Tramp. Math, y'all. Let's... <laughs> Intellect superior. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Intellect superior. Lady in the Tramp is a great film to introduce... For, I feel like Lady and the Tramp is suitable for younger kids and isn't as good when you get older for as a Disney film. Like, that's why it's not tops for me is because whenever, whenever I rewatched it like five years ago, it didn't do as much for me as it did for me as a kid. And that's why I was torn between it and throwing in something for my best friend as the fifth spot. You can give him a bench warmer. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a bench warmer. I was torn between putting this as a bench warmer and putting something else as it. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Lady and the Tramp deserves to be on the list. It's good enough to be in the top 15 total of animated Disney films. 
fair. I think one of the things of Lady and the Tramp is that it, you know, you can argue that it's it's kind of a um, a Romeo and Juliet tale, and I mean that's one of those kind of forbidden love tropes, uh, or you know, but the 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 one of the things that's really going on with Lady and the Tramp is um, class differences. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's maybe a little bit less um, applicable to us in America at this period in history. So we, we can, we can talk about that, but you know, like there's a, you obviously have class differences, um, but they don't actually seem to take as much of a focal role in the culture as it would in say, um, you know, 1950s Britain, um, right. or even 1950s America. Um, and so like we have more openness to um, social class mobility, um, you know, social mobility and things like that. So like that's kind of ingrained more in the culture and it always kind of has been with America, <laughs> but you know, so what y'all looking at? The stack of VHS tapes. Uh, oh. <laughs> Mulan. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So, yeah. I mean, Lady and the Tramp's good. I don't know if it's top 15, but it's there. The sequel is also not that bad. I don't know nothing about these movies, man. I didn't, these weren't something I came up to. I know about Spaghetti Kiss. That's about it. <laughs> the sequel <laughs> for Lady and the Tramp is not that bad. All right. So, so now... I don't know if we're going to edit this around um, my... Nope, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jamie, what's your number four or five pick? Uh, My number number five is going to be Big Hero 6, like I was talking about. Um, You know, and I was actually struggling between choosing this or The Jungle Book. Um, But this one wins out... um, As much as I love Rudyard Kipling, and I don't care who knows it, because Rudyard Kipling is one of the best authors of all... English literature um, and one of the most pioneering. The Big Hero 6 really kind of deals with some some really relevant themes that we kind of touched on with uh, Fox and the Hound, but uh, in a more real way, rather than putting it, building it up and putting the, the death at the end and having to deal with it like, like with Bambi. Um, you know, trying to deal with it. This does it at the beginning. Um, the themes of loss, themes of, uh, of death and grief and and, um, and really the, the love and sacrifice uh, and, and, you know, the self-sacrifice, self-sacrificial love. And um, because Big Hero 6 has these themes, I, I find it to be a, a very powerful film and one that's going to be relevant, stay relevant, even though it, it's not necessarily as iconic. Um, I mean, it was only released in 2014. So um, I just, I think this film is really top notch and it actually plays on some, uh, it's, got, it's got kind of like an anime uh, Japanese animation type fi- feel to mm-hmm. it. It's definitely inspired by some of that. Um, and like some of uh, like the 
funny inventions that you see come out of Japan, like and things like that. San Francisco. That is that what the the city is? I can't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't remember. Um, you know, I remember seeing this for the first time and going, "Okay, I'll, I'll watch a kids' movie with with my." Well, it wasn't my my son at the time. I, I adopted him later, but you know, and I'm kind of going, "Okay, well, let's let's see how this goes." I'm like going, "Oh, well, this has got this has got stuff in this movie." Okay, this has got like lots of stuff. I'm like going. Okay, I'm wiping my tears. All right, we're good. You know, like this was a, a really a very solid, solid film. And this yeah. movie has a lot of heart. And yeah. uh, I think the storytelling is kind of uh, basic. I mean, it is based on a Marvel comic. So you get that. It is. It? It is. And you, so you get that sort of very linear sort of storytelling. But that doesn't take detract from... The, the important stuff it tries to tell. Mm. Baymax, man. I mean, he, what an incredible B-Max, piece man? of... Huh? You mean it's B-Max? Baymax. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> it's just... Uh, E-Max. I was like, no, Baymax is just... He's a... He's a... Incredible feat of just physical comedy and animation, which you don't mm. see all that often, but it's it's just watching him move around is hilarious mm-hmm. and then of course his voice is just a i am baymax it's great 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 pick obviously this was on my list and i'm losing i i literally have one movie left <laughs> well good it's your turn yeah it's my turn round five mm-hmm we're going with Basil of Baker Street. I knew great, it! The Great Mouse Detective. Of course, this is based Dude. on the man from Bleecker Street? Or is it Baker Street? Sherlock Holmes, obviously. Bleecker Street would be Doctor Strange. Same guy, right? <laughs> Same actor. <laughs> Same actor. Yikes. Did we lose audio? No, no, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm okay. You laughed, at, you, laughed. you laughed at it. You laughed Everything went went white. Like I just anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Same actor. Uh, not not this movie, but the Great Mouse Detective is a fun romp, uh, a mystery. Like the, I don't know that a lot of Disney movies are true mysteries like this are, and it's just one of those. Uh, fun movies and uh what is his name radigan rat the, the villain yes, yeah i believe it's ratigan i can see what? it in my head yeah awesome villain awesome villain and uh yeah this movie i think is also 80s disney yes it is it's it's like 1986 so, here this movie yes. it was released well, the day before i was born sweet um i think i knew that for some reason uh so when did robin hood come out 73 yeah 73 that's incredible that you just spouted that at me he said it at the beginning of the video uh i don't remember <laughs> so, anyway <laughs> i have all anyway now i feel <laughs> like robin hood was this like beginning of like oh let's just make everything animals so they had Great Mouse Detective, The Rescuers, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
some other ones, but Fox and Oliver, Oliver and Company. Uh, the um, Black Hawk Aristoc- is a is a outlier there. Uh, Aristocats. Aristocats is in there. Everyone wants to be a cat. Anyway, but Grace, the Great Mouse Detective is a fun one and one of my wife's favorites. So had to go with that. Excellent. Also, it was my only only one left on my short list. <laughs> uh, well, that one is one. That one is the Disney movie I remember watching forever. Like that was one. I think it was because it's good. Three, and like it was always in. I'm, one of mine was actually Bambi. Um, but all right, let's do our let's do our recap. Troy, you go ahead. So I have one Lion King, two. Aladdin, three, Tarzan, four, Fox and the Hound, and five, Lady and the Tramp. All right. And Ian, you've got? I've got one, Robin Hood. Just kidding. I got one, Fantasia, (laughs) two, Princess and the Frog, three, The Rescuers Down Under, four, Beauty and the Beast, and five, The Great Mouse Detective. All right, and I, James, have as number one, Robin Hood, number two, Mulan, number three, Sword in the Stone, number four, Moana, and number five, Big Hero 6. All right, guys, time to hit our honorable mentions. (laughs) Troy, hit me with one. So, quick, quick. The first one, Treasure Planet. Oh, that's a good one. I don't think about that movie that often. Treasure Planet was overshadowed on release in 2002 by Shrek. Oh, is that what happened? Oops. That's, yeah. Well, not oops. DreamWorks did that on purpose. The people who worked on Shrek named Lord Farquaad that because he, and made him look like their boss at Disney. Farquaad. Um, Anyway. And... They released Shrek at the same time as Treasure Planet on purpose. Okay, why so, do you love Treasure Planet? Planet. One sentence. So, Treasure Planet... One sentence. Childhood. <laughs> it was on the computer screen a lot because we had a DVD player on the computer. All right. Uh, my turn? Yeah, do it. Rickering Stitch Blue Punch Buggy! That's my first. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch is my first... Honorable mention there. Nice. Good choice. Uh, mine is uh, The Jungle Book, which I already honorable mentioned. Rudy Kipling does such an amazing job. The music in this film is amazing. Um, like, this is this is one that I just can't get out of my head. What's favorite? Hmm. All right. Your second honorable mention, Troy. Second and last. Uh, it's my best friend's favorite movie. It's Hercules. Who puts the gliding gladiator? Hercules! <laughs> This was um, mine. I, I don't have another movie, I don't think. I, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me browse real quick to talk about Hercules. All right, so I'll give, I'll give my other one, but after, after Troy tells me about Hercules, because I watched this in uh, multiple languages along with Shrek and um, The Lion King uh, in Spanish. I've watched Lion King class. in French. Uh, we? So Hercules is my best friend Apollo's favorite movie. Um, he, I love the soundtrack. It's very good. I like retellings of Greek myths because when I was growing up, I really enjoyed Greek mythology, just reading sure. it. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to shout out my best friend 
I was going to put this at five, but then I decided Lady and the Tramp deserved to be in the top 15. Fair enough. So, all right. Uh, this is his favorite movie. I wanted him to have some representation because I talked to him a bit about this beforehand. Cool. James Woods is Hades too, man. What a... Oh, yeah. Hades is a hilarious villain. Love me some James Woods. Um, all, all right. right. All right, go ahead. guy. <laughs> Last bench warmer here is 2010 Tangled. Oh, you jacked me for an honorable mention? Flynn Rider about to give you the smolder. Dude. You never do his nose right. <laughs> Zachary <laughs> Levi and Mandy Moore. Uh, the classic retelling of Rapunzel. Great film. My wife's favorite, I think, next to The Little Mermaid. And I don't really like The Little Mermaid that much. So I'm going to go with Tangled. Fine. Boom shakalaka. I, you, you suck. All right. I, I, I suck. You <laughs> suck like three of mine. <laughs> three. Jacked. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair Jacked. Enough. Um, I, I, I mean, Tangled, Tangled is one that, like, other than the fact that you know, you know, celeb crush on Mandy Moore thing, but like it's, it's Disney's return to um, fairy tales, classic fairy tales. And I, I love it. Um, But so where I'm going to go then is honorable mention. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to go to Zootopia, which I mentioned with Robin Hood, but I think 2016 Zootopia is just uh, a fun um, it's, it is another one that you you mentioned with the great mouse detective with a mystery and it, it does, it has a, it has a cool mystery to the film, a nice little twist that, um, I think throws kids for a, a loop and keeps adults engaged. And it's just one of those, um, really fun films. And it's also really original. Um, even though it like pulls inspiration from Robin Hood, it's nothing quite like it. And, um, so I, I like that on its own merit. So I saw this and absolutely hilarious. Flash, flash, a hundred yard dash, the sloth at the DMV. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. But then I, now I work at the DMV and all I hear is, <laughs> you're, you're like the sloth from Zootopia. <laughs> at least you don't have to work those counters anymore, right? No, no, I'm behind the scenes now. But, yeah, you, yeah, you've you've moved up in the world. Yeah, but no, but even when I explain to meet people and uh, outside of work, oh. like, oh, what do you do? I was like, I work for Office of Motor Vehicles, and they're like, <laughs> like the sloth from Zootopia. <laughs> but it was funny. Oh yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. The first time, <laughs> yeah, it was funny right. until like the third. I, time. I do one day. I want to dress up as a sloth for Halloween and go in <laughs> in your DMV uh, shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. So um, yeah, what else? We got anything else we want to hit before we wrap it up? That's a wrap. You can watch any of these movies on Disney Plus because they're all on there, and. Uh, yeah troy thank you so much for joining us it was all it's you're gonna be back i'm sure yeah to talk about some other exciting stuff next season um but follow us on facebook instagram and twitter like us on any of your podcast platform listening thingy jiggers 
And don't and, forget YouTube. And like and subscribe to us on YouTube because now you can see us. And that that guy over there and his beautiful artwork behind him. Um, anyway, Jamie, sign us out. This has been the Citizen Siblings Podcast Drafts. I'm James. I'm Ian. I'm Troy. Until next time, go watch a new movie. Or enjoy an old one. Thanks for listening to the Cine Siblings Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cine Siblings Pod.